Hello and welcome back to our Spirituality of Parenting podcast. This is Bethany here with Cammie. And we are discussing today the next chapter, chapter three in the book, Bless This Mess by Basquet and O'Donnell. Uh, as we've said before, you don't have to have the book to be following along with our podcast, but I do recommend it. It is a good book. But before we get to chapter three, I had to share a funny story. Uh, last week, if you listened to the podcast, the, it was all about helping our children to live into the person that God created them to be and not necessarily the person that we want them to be, we as parents. And so at some point we were at the dinner table and I asked Ben the question, Right. Are we doing a good job as your parents letting you live into the person God created you to be? And he looked at me with this like sour <laughs> look on his face and the first thing out of his mouth was, I am not going to be in your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've asked that poor child to do so many church things. Yes, yes. I think I've scarred him. Um, Now, that being said, he very willingly does the ones he wants to do. That's true. And he has fun doing them. Yeah. But in case you were hoping for a cameo from Ben in this particular podcast... No. Not going to happen. Or any of them. (laughs) No, he does the Sunday School podcast. No, but not not this one. Not this one. Right, yes. This series... Uh, and then he never did answer the question, so we'll leave that. No, he did. He said did he? we did a good job. Mm, I think. He and was... then he said, can I go? I think he was placating us. Exactly. Which is a good introduction to the subject of today, oh, actually. So this chapter is called How to Be Good, and good is in quotation marks. Um, and we'll get into the meat of it, but just an overview. Basically... Um, you know, their point is, especially as young kids, um, young kids have very dualistic thinking, right? Things are either good or bad. And right. you know, a lot of, say, movies and TV shows um, help that perspective along. There's the good guys and the bad guys. Um, and, you know, they're urging us in this chapter to very early in our children's development, try to give them more gray areas, you know, help them realize that things, things aren't always just good or bad. You know, there's a hmm. lot of in-between. Um, Interesting. And you know, we as people aren't just good or bad. There's a lot of in-between. Um, and so one of the things they say, um, whenever Molly's kids, Molly is one of the authors, asked the question, who's the bad guy? You know, she would reaffirm, there are no good guys and no bad guys. God made everything and everybody and called it good. But then God gave us choices and none of us chooses good all the time, et cetera, et cetera. It goes on for a few more sentences. This is, this is Molly like explaining this to her kids. Her, she has very patient children. You know what I wrote in the margins? What? Uh, ben would never sit through this. <laughs> <laughs> Which reminded me of the question I asked him at the dinner table, asking him if we were helping him to live into himself. Um, and I thought this a couple times in this chapter. That, right. You know, their kids would ask a, a you know, fairly simplistic question, which was appropriate for their age, age level right. Right, and development. And they would respond with this you know, very lengthy answer, which was wonderful. But I'm thinking, who are these kids? kids. <laughs> that they're sitting through this dissertation on good versus bad and all of the in-betweens and God creating us good, which is excellent. But oh my gosh, Ben lets us get like two sentences out, maybe. If we're lucky. And then he is on to something oh, yep. else. That's true. Like, don't we dare try to have, you know, any sort of in-depth conversation about anything no. with him. He, it's so, true. He does not like to talk about his feelings. No, no. 
so I find that, you know, I'm trying to impart this wisdom that they are talking about in this book, but I have to do it in like two sentence bursts. Ah, uh, yeah. Or one sentence. Yeah. So, so know that this chapter, I love a lot of what they say and we are failing miserably <laughs> <laughs> at it because our child will not listen to any of this stuff. Well, it doesn't mean we're oh. failing just because he doesn't like to hear us blather on. I don't know. But do you think that means we have maybe in his past blathered on too much about things and now he's just done with it? No, I think it's just his nature to not like to listen to people blather. You don't like to hear people blather either. Huh. That's true. <laughs> and I blather all the time. Yeah. yeah. And I do wonder, though, part of it is not just about the blathering, but and, and the point they make in the book is that you know some of these things are challenging to us and really you know forcing us to expand our thinking and expand our ways of seeing things, you know, really push ourselves to see everyone as a beloved child of God, and that's hard. So I think sometimes when he shuts us down, um, is some of it's impatience. He wants to go on to the next thing. But I think some of it too is like when we start talking about these things, it forces us to you know think about hard things. And right. Sometimes he just doesn't want to do that. Yeah, he's right? 13. Yeah. So, you know, they say here, you know, there's a very human need to have clear sides so we can get out of the messy middle. It's hard to live with the ambiguity of a gray area. Um, mm. But most of life is the gray area. I know, and you're right. Most people don't like to live in the gray area. Yeah, yeah. But, but yes, it is very, very mixed. Yeah. I, I thought of that theologically. Um, I've told this story to a lot of people. So if you're listening and have heard this story, I apologize. But I really struggled with that in church when I moved to Baton Rouge, mm. Louisiana. I had grown up in Northern California in a very progressive church, um, and I moved to Louisiana and was trying to find a church. And I found a lot of that black and white thinking in church, in sermons. Oh, absolutely. You know, you're a Christian if you do this, and you're not if you, you do, do that, that, right? You're yes. a Christian if you believe this, and you're not if you don't believe that, you know, however it might be. And oh my gosh, that, that actually bothered me. Well, good. You know, I wanted the gray area in the theology. You know, I wanted that messy middle, as the authors say. Mm -hmm. Um because that's what I had grown up with. That's the God that I know and love is not a God of this or that, but right. a God of all kinds of possibilities and options. Um, so I hope we're teaching that to Ben, even in our two-sentence bursts. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. You know, a conversation that, that, we've, that I have had with him in the past is sometimes like, oh, well, this person, this, this kid a, from his school... And I'm not, you know, I can't, there's, it, it happens with all of them. Sure. They did this or they said this and it was mean. Or why is that person being, being mean? Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, the conversation that I try to have with him is, well, let's take a step back and think about what could be making this kid act out. Ah. What, what influences are making him be mean. Does he have a, a, a sibling who picks on him? Maybe there's some stress in his family. We don't know what's going on, yep. but try to remove yep. yourself from that. It's about you because it's not mm -hmm. usually mm -hmm. when, when, especially when kids are mean or people in general, it's because something else is happening to them internally. So that's, that's my feeble way of trying to get him to see gray. Absolutely. I don't know. That's not feeble. Oh, <laughs> That's wonderful. That's, and actually a point they make in this chapter, you know, they, you know, people aren't bad. People's choices can be bad. Yes. 
Um, and just because you have made a bad choice doesn't make you a bad person. Um, and so, you know, thinking through all of it, I, I, I call it the Les Mis example, you know. Did Jean Valjean steal that bread because he was a bad person? No, he stole it because he was desperate and his family was hungry. Right. Um, now, that doesn't make stealing good, um, but you look at all of that motivation behind how right. someone may have acted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look at someone's, I can't remember, there's three things, the traditions, their faith, and their experiences. Are you doing the John Wesley... Wesley Quadrilateral? Yes! Did I get it right? <laughs> there's actually four. Oh, what's the next one? Did I screw it? Oh, wait. Did I get them so right? There's tradition, reason, Re- yeah, experience, okay. and scripture. Yes. Yeah. I was close. Look at that! Like the good Methodist you grew up as. And, well, yes. <laughs> yes. And you know, in theology, you know, we talk about John Wesley was a theologian, founded Methodism. Um, and he's talked about those four specifically in faith terms and religious terms but I think it could be applied to a lot of areas of life right and if you you can't take someone's experience or tradition out of the equation mm-hmm. and the other two that I forget so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um faith in scripture not that kid not that everybody has read scripture but um I think those traditions and experiences do shape a lot of how we react to things yes Yes, how I would say how we react to things, and also the the choices that we make, right? That and are not necessarily reactions. There, you know, we make choices every day of our lives, which is what causes the gray, because nothing is black and white. None of us have had the same exact experiences or traditions in our life. Mm-hmm. So, if I traditionally am met with anger at something that I've done mm-hmm. by a parent or a sibling, then that's how I am going to react when something like that is done. Right. And if if I'm not met with that way, then I won't react in that way. Yes. Yeah. And they put it this way. Good segue. Oh, look at that. <laughs> um, if we instead, you know, don't react out of anger as parents, but if we instead, um, you know, model and talk about and use our Christian values... You know, mm-hmm. our morals, um, when we make our own decisions, mm-hmm. when we talk to our children about their decisions, when we speak of other people and their decisions and choices, um, then we're building that toolbox for when they're older and making decisions on their own. You know, hopefully they won't revert to anger because right. that's not what they have experienced and learned, right. but they'll revert to their Christian values and morals and right. such. That's the hope. Yes, showing patience and kindness. Yes, yes. So they say this, as our kids get older and make increasingly complex moral decisions, and this is the hard one for me at least, okay. they will sometimes choose wrongly mm. in a way they come to regret or choose differently from the way we would. Now this comes right after them saying, the author saying, you know, let's show our kids our Christian morals and values because then they'll choose in that way, we hope, and often they will. But then the authors are acknowledging there's nothing we as parents can do, nothing to keep our kids from, at some point, choosing badly. Yes. Ugh. (laughs) It's a punch to the gut. Uh, I always want my child to choose right. (laughs) Right. And you always chose correctly. I, however, <laughs> did not, and I made way more mistakes than in my, especially, you know, in the teenage college years. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> than you ever did. So I'm not going to deny that. That's true. <laughs> but look at the amazing person you turned out to be. Just, Learning from and growing from your bad decisions. Right. And so I think that sometimes making some mistakes can yeah. help you to see what's what you don't want. Like when you attended that church and it pointed out to you what you did not like. That's true. So sometimes... Yeah. Yeah, and I would say, you know, Ben is 13. We're not quite there yet when he's really sort of out in the world making choices that he will regret. Right. Um, but I think we're not only probably a year or two away, probably the high school years that will start to happen, you know, as he hangs out with peers more than he hangs out with us. And, oh, I'm not looking forward to that time. No, it's a, it's a scary time. Yeah, yeah. And I think I'm going to struggle with that. Um not micromanaging and letting him make his own decisions, even when those own decisions are bad. Well, you will do a fine job of not micromanaging because I am going to. <laughs> Mama Bear comes <laughs> out again. No, you can't. This book says not to do but, that. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> She's speechless. That uh, rarely yeah, happens. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if... Um, I mean, I, micromanaging, but... You know, being mindful of who he is with and what is what are the influences in his life because his friends will be way more of an influence over him than we are, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as it was true for most of us in that age bracket. That's, that's true. That's and true. so to know his friends well and their family is a goal of mine. All right. Sounds so good. is that micromanaging? Um, no. Yay. Although the authors do talk about, um, they do mention that, you know, but they also talk about helping us to remember that our child may see a peer or a friend in a very different light than we will. Um, so, you know, they also encourage parents not to be too quick to say, why are you hanging out with that person? They're a bad influence. Um, and if there is, say, a peer that we think is a bad influence, instead to ask more wondering questions like, you know, oh, we notice you're hanging out with X. You know, what is it you see in him that makes him a good friend? So, you know, questions yeah. like that. Rather than stay away from that person, they're a bad influence. Oh, absolutely. That would never work with our child. <laughs> well, and because that person may actually not be a bad influence. Like, you know, our child may see something in that person that is wonderfully delightful that we're just, you know, not seeing from our vantage point. Absolutely. I still will need to know this absolutely person X in yes. order to be able to get to know that person as well. Yes. Indeed. And so your child is out there, really of any age, I shouldn't say out there in the world, you know, six-year-olds can make bad decisions too. Mm-hmm. And they make a bad choice. Okay. Right? So then what's important, because they're going to, yes, is how do we deal with that or react to that as parents? You know, one of their important points is we can be disappointed in their choice, not in them. And we know that, certainly. You know, there are children, but making sure that they understand that as yeah. well. Right. Well, are you asking me how, how do I see us reacting? Or how do you react? I mean, Ben makes bad choices sometimes. He does stuff we don't want him to do. Uh, yeah. He's, although he's pretty, 
he's a pretty easy guy. He is a rule follower. He is a rule follower. <laughs> like me. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, well, I think that we have had to react in those ways and tell, tell him just exactly that. We do not like the choice that you made. We love you and we'll support you. And to understand that there are consequences to bad choices. Um, if you do make a bad choice, and just know that there will be consequences, mm-hmm. but it'll be okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They also mention in the book, you know, laying the foundation for a relationship where if there is a difficult choice, mm. you know, sometimes, you know, kids have to make some choice in the moment when they're with their peers or what mm-hmm. have you. But if there is a difficult choice, have you laid the foundations? Have you built the relationship where your child can come to you? Yes, but we do know that Ben doesn't like to talk about <laughs> a lot of stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. We can, here's a quote from the book, we can guide them toward making the best decisions they can and to know to ask for help when the best choice isn't clear. Yeah. You know, Nicole, Trot- Nicole Trotter said to us... Shout out to Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Yes. Um, to, you can teach them until they're a teenager, mm-hmm. and then you need to stop teaching and start listening more. Mm. And I, it's, it's a... And I may not... I may have that slightly wrong, but that's the gist of it, to... to Teach in the early years and then mm-hmm. listen in the later years mm-hmm. so that your kid does feel stay- safe coming to you and having conversations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, ha- I struggle because I try to fix it. Oh, yes. You do like to fix it. I do like to fix it. Yeah. And so I know that that frustrates him and you. <laughs> Every now and then, yes. When I try to <laughs> fix it instead of just listening. Don't fix, just listen. Yep, I know. Yes. So I do struggle with that. But you're very good at just listening to him. Mm. So mm, I'm glad you have that faith in me. I do have a lot of faith in you. <laughs> uh, two other points I want to make from yes. the book. Um, one is that, you know, again, this thought that, you know, everyone's going to make bad choices. It doesn't make them bad people. Um, that we can also be transparent with our children about our bad choices. Yeah. You know, in a in an age appropriate way, of course, all of this is in an age appropriate way. Right. Um, but you know, there's something to be said for our kids, you know, seeing when we don't do what we would have wanted to do or what we perhaps should have done, and knowing that that doesn't make us bad people. Right. Either. No, I agree with that. I remember one time I, when he was little, he had done something and I overreacted, but I had had a bad day. Mm-hmm. Or a stressful day. Maybe mm-hmm. not a bad day, but a stressful day. And so later on I went in and I told him that I thought that I had overreacted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that I was sorry. And sometimes, you know, we make, we make mistakes too. And so I hope that helped in that situation. And I hope it conveyed to him that we do make mistakes. Right. And it's okay. Yeah. 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 And it doesn't mean that we don't. Love each other. Right, yeah. We do make mistakes, and also then we hope to learn from our mistakes and do differently in the future. Right. As we want our kids to do. Yeah. Here's a quote from the book. Are we able, we parents, are we able to admit our own mistakes to or in front of our children to exhibit remorse, make apologies, vow to do better, 
and then change. Ah. I think, you know, there's a whole process there. There is a whole process there. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not super helpful to admit our mistakes and then do them over and over again, right? Right. But to show, by example, how we learn from our mistakes and yeah. how they make us do better. It makes me think about the times I rage quit in some of the games. <laughs> That's a new phrase that has entered our household during shelter in place. We have played a lot of games, board games, card games, you name it. Lots of games. Yes. Um, oh. And occasionally there has been some rage quitting. By me. <laughs> I'm going to admit it. I was not going to call out names. I did. I called myself out. You would Ben, don't rage quit. But, but you call yourself out. I do. In the moment, too. I have rage quit, and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you going to do better in shame? Oh, well, that's the problem. I need to work on that. I need yeah. to stop rage quitting. Well, you are very competitive. I am, I know. Yeah, which is, you know, can come with its positives and its negatives. So, one more thing. This is the spirituality of parenting, so I wanted to bring in Jesus just a titch. Yeah, good. Um, you know, they, again, talking about the dualistic, that we are not just good or bad. We're a lot of in-between. Um, and, and the authors note, Jesus himself did not go in for dualistic thinking. He was always blurring the boundaries, mm. you know, unmasking the good, in quotes, religious yeah. people of the day, lifting up society's cast-offs, who were, quote, bad, right. as the real examples of morality. And his example challenges us to refrain from thinking of ourselves or others as just good or bad. We are all works in progress. God is not done with us yet, and we all have the capacity to change. Oh, like, yeah, there are so many examples of oh, yeah. Jesus. Certainly. Seeing Zacchaeus. Yes. And a wee little man was <laughs> If I was really into it, I'd start singing that no, song. Okay. But, um, but, and God, and not only as one who has created, but is continuing to create, always creating us, mm-hmm. you know, co-creating with us our lives. Right. All right, so I want to close again. They close every chapter with a prayer, so okay. I want to close by, by reading the prayer. So let us pray. God, we are all good and bad mixed together. We know you love us and our children exactly as we are. And you also love us too much to let us stay that way. Keep growing us up in every way. Amen. Thank you for being with us. Yes, thank you. We will be back with you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye.